The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Are we on the air? Mike's hot! <laughs> Did I ever tell you, when I used to go do that radio show in Salt Lake, Lavelle Edwards, it was the legend show with Lavelle and Ron, and Lavelle would always do that. I, he'd be just like eating something or drinking his Diet Mountain Dew, and then he'd just be like, Hey, Scotty. And he'd, be, he'd tell him something, and then, uh, and then you just hear Scotty go, you know, introduce him back onto the show, and then all of a sudden, Coach would be like, oh, are we on the air? <laughs> <laughs> and and, and then Coach McBride would always just provoke me, yeah, say whatever you want. <laughs> oh, man, that was bad. That was uh, that was chaos. It was fun, but my gosh, there was sometimes you meet when pulls your hair out. Eric so it Cal- sounds like this show. Yeah, yeah it, well, yeah, except we don't have le- any legends on the show. It's just you and me. Just people who want to pull our hair out. Two peons who... Suck at her job and hey, I so I've been at least you don't eat on the microphone. That's oh, dude, no, I couldn't. That is, oh, that no. is the worst, dude. I'm like cringe right now just thinking about it when he used to do that. Oh, Derek, there's somebody that. in the building who does that. No, he'll be eating something. No, and he thinks he's got enough like down before he turns the mic back on, but you can tell he's still like clearing his mouth and swallowing it. It's like uh, just make sure it's all the way down. Swallow. Clean your teeth, then turn your mic on. Because it's like, mm, um, yeah, and um, 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 yeah. Hey, so don't do it, don't do it. I uh, I hosted the VFX show this morning with uh, with McCall with uh, AJ gone in Cambodia or wherever he's at, and Hong Kong. I so I made fun. Well, okay, I didn't make fun of. I gave my own personal opinion of Star Wars, and I had this mom of like four children send an email in. Just ripping me a new one, saying that she will know she's a faithful listener. But then she called me AJ Knight, and she's like, <laughs> AJ is, you know, he's such an arrogant, selfish, rude person or whatever. And I have to edit some of the things she said. And I was like, wait, hold on, like, who's AJ? So then she's like, I'm a faithful listener, and I'm like, well, obviously you aren't because you would know that AJ's been in gone for you know two days or whatever but yeah i got my first hate email which was great that's always nice yeah it re- well it just means that you've made it right <laughs> you've reached a certain level yeah when you start to get hate i've now. reached Stephen a smith level or skip bayless level so anyways how are you eric i guess maybe i won't tell you about the other hate mail we've received <laughs> <laughs> from one certain individual that will leave nameless <laughs> oh. <laughs> can't do it Oh man, how are you, man? Big hey, night. I, I'm good. Hey, first I want to thank you for handling duties last night. I had to skip out a little bit early. Hey, you had stuff to do last night. Not a big uh, deal. I had the honor to participate in the Christmas tree jubilee. It was held at the uh, the Riverwoods. Uh, it's a big fundraiser that happens every year for uh, it's a uh, benefit auction for the Cache County School District. Well, it benefits the Cash Education Foundation, and all those funds go to the, the teachers and students in the Cash County School District. Anyway, it was an awesome night, and uh, raised. Uh, these are unofficial numbers, but I mean, twenty five thousand grand plus. What? That was awesome. It was great. Ah, Eric, that's great. No yeah, kidding. Really cool. So great support from the community. Really appreciate the businesses and other people who made it happen. Uh, so anyway, if I could. 
little plug there, a little personal plug. Appreciate sure, those dude. That, uh, no, and it's a rightful plug as well. That's that's incredible, man. You know, this time of the year, Cash Valley is so good about responding to doing good things for people. I think Cash Valley is great about that, and that's and that's an obviously you know that's the, that proves that point. And so uh, good for you, happy for you guys in Cash Valley School District, and and again, uh, great for Cash Valley to to chip in and, and help out as well. That's awesome. The uh, worst part of the evening was probably having me be the MC, but the rest of the evening went well. So what is that like? So like McCall was telling me like she has to go be the MC for like this Miss Cash Valley thing. You've had to be the MC for a few events as well. How long does it take for me to be on the air to, for people to be like, you know what? That's our guy. <laughs> Give us the brown mamba. <laughs> Give us the burger burger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on now. I- I've got to be a legend at some point. Some guy called me Audgy two weeks ago. He's like, hey, man, I- I'm a huge fan of your show, Audgy. And I was like, who? What? Uh, thank you. Thank you. So I guess I need to get my name f- right first before I can upgrade right. myself. Right. Correct. To- it's a correct pronunciation is Audgy Salveson. <laughs> Audgy Salveson. Audgy Salveson. <laughs> man, look at you, Mr. MC. God, yeah. you-, you just do it all, Eric. No, I don't. <laughs> Hey, uh, big night tonight. The college football playoff rankings come out at 5 mm. o'clock. Yes. Does Utah move? Does Utah stay? What does Alabama do? I mean, they beat Western Carolina. How far Carolina. does Oregon drop? How far does – and that's a big telling to see what we're going to – what the committee thinks of the Pac-12 in itself. Because that absolutely has implications for the Utes if they yeah. want a chance to get into the top four. Is that fair to you that if Alabama, who will not now officially will not make a conference championship game – Still stays at number five and has the and is the team that sits on the front porch knocking on the door to get in, versus Utah, who if they can take care of business for the next week, versus Colorado, will play in that Pac-12 championship, win it if they do, and then still not make the four because Alabama's sitting in front of them. That's got to bug people. It does. I think there was some thought about how well could Alabama hold on to their position without Tua. Uh, they had a big game last week, but it was against a low. Oh, Western Carolina, man! Team, yeah. So, um, if if they only score maybe twenty five points in that one, I think it's easy to to see Utah leapfrogging them. But where they put sixty plus on them, they're probably like, yeah, we probably ought to just keep them there until they lose. Do CBS Sports put them at a twenty five percent chance to make the playoff? Utah, uh, over under. Percentage-wise? Man, that's a good question. I would say over. Me too. I'd take the over because you have three SEC teams ahead of them. That's not going to be like that here in a few weeks. Georgia's going to lose to LSU, predictably, it's the same. Alabama without Tua at Auburn. People are saying that's a runaway for Bama. I'm not sure where they're getting that from. Auburn's a better football team than people are giving credit to. I think that'll be a close game. If Auburn beats Bama, that knocks them out. Oklahoma, and people are saying Oklahoma from the Big 12, if they can win their Big 12 championship, will leapfrog Utah. And if that's they win a possibility. That's, that, but that, that's so bad. Because their resume is stronger. They've defeated better teams. Utah doesn't have a very strong resume with teams that they've defeated. And Now, when we say that, do we talk about conference or out-of-conference schedule or both? Yes. Because look, all of the above. Yeah, but here's the problem: they can't control what the teams do in their conference. They no. can control their out of conference schedule, and that's where I put fault on them. 
Northern Illinois, they could have played Utah State, who is not great, but that that's a better bold team. Yeah, hey, that, that's a better team that you're going to get out of than Northern Illinois or Idaho State. What uh, and and so I think they're out of conference is what's going to be uh, the fault of them. I I feel like they're in conference, so it's tar- and and they gotta the committee's got to understand that it's just out of their control. They have no control over that zero. So we got to kind of. I mean, Utah beat Arizona State, and, and so then who why was ranked seventeenth at the time. They haven't defeated anybody else that was ranked. Okay, but here's the problem, Eric. Why is Clemson three then? For what? Well, I can agree with that. The, the, their only reason is because they have not lost, so they should be ahead of Utah. But they have a, Utah with that schedule would be undefeated. Utah would not have lost a game yet Probably. with that schedule. Probably. Clemson with this Utah schedule? The only time Clemson was tested was early against Texas Against North A&M. Carolina. Was it North Carolina? They won by one? Well, well that's true. They, that's true. They did have the one game that was uh, really, really close. Do you, so, but I, then, I was talking about top 25 teams. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. No, good call. But... If Clemson plays the Utah Ute schedule, they lose two games. I don't think they beat USC, and I don't think they'd they trip up against one of the final opponents too. They're lucky to be in the ACC. Yeah, uh, Texas A&M was the only ranked team that they have defeated, and that was in Week Two. And they are ranked twelfth. They did have that game that they escaped North Carolina by one. But honestly, since then, they've dominated their opponents. So it's hard to not have them in the top three. And they are undefeated, and they have scored 45 points or more for th- for six straight weeks. Wow. Huh. And only given up two touchdowns or less. <laughs> so, I mean, how do you how do you keep them out of the top four? Yeah. I mean, Wake Forest has flirted with the top 25 throughout the season. They've been in, they've been out, they've been in, they've been out. And they killed them 52 to 3 last week. Yeah, that's. So, one, that's two, and three. That's one, a two, and three good in my mind. Bring up. They are as they should be. LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson in that order. Is yes. that right? Yes. For me, that is the order. And some people think Ohio State should be ahead of LSU. I. Totally disagree. I can't that. right now. I'm not ready LSU for that. LSU has beaten multiple top yeah. 10 teams. Yep. But the number four spot is where there's great debate. Georgia right now deserves to be in there. I Why? Believe. Why, though? They're holding SEC opponents to 10 points or less. They lost to South Carolina at home. And South Carolina is not a bowl, time, bowl team, are they? Because no. that. I mean, so their lone loss is that. Oh, wait, are they a bowl team? Yeah, uh, bowl eligible. I should say. Sorry, excuse me. Bowl eligible. South Carolina, no. So their no, lone they're loss four and seven overall is at home to a team that's not going to make a bowl game. Utah's lone loss is at USC, who's in the top twenty-five, and is a bowl team. True. Where's the fault? I, I I'm sorry. I, I'm not seeing it. Now, Georgia beat Auburn. Is that right, though? Yep, they beat Auburn 21-14, and they were ranked 12th at the time. They beat Florida, who was ranked 6th, 24-17. They beat Notre Dame, 
who was seventh, twenty-three to seventeen. God, you're just shutting me up. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, those, fine. those are three really good reasons, right there, why yeah. Georgia is ahead of Utah. But Georgia, if if they lose to LSU in the SEC championship, they're both slated for that game. By the way, that's official. Yep. It's already done. Yep, that's what? how it's going to be. When and we could get into this more in the five o'clock hour too when those ranking comes out. But really quickly, what would you look at in comparing Oklahoma, Utah, and Alabama? Because the committee says unequivocally the four best teams, right? That's what they say. But then they add in the caveat of oh, well, you need to have won your conference championship game. Well, then what is Alabama doing in there? <laughs> why is Alabama still part of the discussion? Yeah. Why isn't it just Oklahoma and Utah, those two duke it out? Right. Alabama what will are we not appear. They're, all they can do, they, they have nothing they can do to help themselves at yeah. this point. Beat Auburn, that's great, but that doesn't get you in. Now, the chances that Alabama beats Auburn and Oklahoma leaps them after they win the Big 12 title game, what do you think? Say that one more time. Alabama beats Auburn, but Oklahoma wins out and wins the Big 12 title game. Does Oklahoma leap Alabama because they beat a ranked team in the Big 12 championship game with a better schedule than Alabama played? Uh, Absolutely could be possible. They beat Texas, who was ranked 11th. They beat Baylor, who was undefeated at the time. They were uh, ranked 13th. They'll face Oklahoma State this weekend, who's ranked 21st. So if they beat Oklahoma State, uh, they could play Baylor again. Huh. Yeah, I mean, look, so if, there's a, if you play that ranked team twice and you beat them twice, it's 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 hard to – because Oklahoma beat Baylor earlier in the season. Is that right? Correct. So then if you beat them twice, it's hard to say no to Oklahoma – that's really that's a good I, schedule, Eric. Yes, the what the uh, what hurts Utah it, the most is that Oregon lost because hmm. Utah's resume I don't think on its own merits is strong enough to say it's better than Oklahoma, it's better than Alabama, it's better than Georgia. I, it's not. I don't see it. Do <laughs> and that's a function of the Pac-12 just beating up on each other. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, and that's how it's been for like the last three years because that's why they got left out so much, right? It's because they kind of all just beat up each other and the team that's left right. Well, and the debate that's been rearing its head again is why are you playing nine conference games? Yeah. It's hard to go through that many conference games. There's a lot of questions that Pac-12 commissioner needs to answer right now because he is on a roll backwards. And he's been that. I mean, it's been that way for like three years now. I mean, refs has been an issue. Game times have been an issue. Money financially has been an issue for that conference as a whole. Teams aren't happy about the way uh, Mr. Larry Scott's handling that situation. Like it's 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 bad all the way around. Distribution for television. Yeah, yeah, that's the a multimedia. Big, that's a big one. That's a huge one right now. So they, uh, I'm. I'm kind of surprised he's still the commissioner of the Pac-12. I'm going to be flat out honest, uh, but again, I just we're it's going to be really telling where we stand after tonight's rankings of the thoughts on the Pac-12 and the thoughts on the respect of the Big 12. Um, and then of course the final rankings come out in three weeks because rivalry this week, conference championship next week, and then 
the final set comes out after that. Right. So the rankings that reflect what happened last week come out tonight. Tonight, yep. Uh, next week, after rivalry week, there's a new set. Which and then by, after the conference championship games, that's the final release. My question, oh, and then another one. Well, I'll ask that because we're going to get into all that in the 5 o'clock hour, and it, and it's a jumble of a mess, too. Um, but a ton of good college football playoff talk there. Again, the rankings come out about 5 o'clock. We'll give them here live on the air. Uh, Eric will have those rankings for you to release. Um, and then we'll break it down, just kind of our thoughts and our opinions and you know where what it means leading into this Saturday. Obviously, Ohio State plays Michigan. Uh, Penn State's got a big game as well. Alabama, Auburn. I mean, there's just there's games all over the place that really do mean a lot going into uh, championship weekend next week. Uh, Eric, uh, but let's uh, let, let's start here. Um, Mount West Conference football. We we've been talking about head coaches who are on the hot seat. In fact, we actually before the season said these coaches are definitely on the hot seat. And if there is no bull at the end of their season, they're gone. Mike Bobo was one of them for me. Tony Sanchez was one of them for you. And we both said Bob Davey. Correct. Tony Sanchez was released yesterday. Yep. Bob Davey released officially today. He'll coach the final game versus Utah State on Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Yeah, which makes you wonder, how does that affect the team? Yeah. Do the Lobos... Rally, yeah. Let's dude, do one those, more for the coach. Dude, those scare me. Those no, it really, can be really, really. Those are scary. emotional games. It's when they senior have senior day, nothing to play for. I mean, there's nothing to lose. You go out there and just give it all you got, and hey, let's go show out for coach on his last one. Yep, his final one. Now, Bob Davey has had some health problems this year. There was a few games that he missed that he wasn't able to participate in. Uh, his health he seems to be doing better now, but clearly he has been on this trajectory for. Two and a half seasons. Yeah. Uh, not only the win-loss record has been a problem, there have been off-the-field problems with allegations against him and his coaching staff. There was an athletic director who was taking money. Uh, there have been real rampant problems at New Mexico for the last couple of years. There was a new AD there trying to clean things up. Uh, they've been trying to do some facility improvements, but it's kind of a mess right now at New Mexico. Um, Bob Davies going to call it a day. Uh, they made the announcement uh, officially. Um, actually, this was official yesterday at some point, but when the university released it. But he he has a 35 and 63 record at New Mexico over eight seasons. For some reason, that surprised me that he's been there that long. Yeah. <laughs> but he uh, he started there in November of 2011. That's when he was hired, late November 2011. Uh, when he got there, the team had gone three and 37 in its previous 40 games. I had the lowest scholarship total in all of FBS. Uh, he had some moments where he turned some things around, made them a little bit more respectable, but ultimately just couldn't maintain it, and uh, had some off the field issues that spilled over into how recruiting. It was affecting that, um, and just it wasn't really working out for him. And uh, now he's had some health problems, and so they're just saying, hey, let's just mutually decide to call it a day. At UNLV, it wasn't <clears throat> quite as mutual. Um, <laughs> telling uh, Coach Sanchez it's, uh, it's time to do something different, which is interesting timing there, too, because they have just, they just had this big uh, ceremony just the other day, not too long ago, Finally unveiled their new 
similar to Utah State's uh, academic and athletics complex. And so they've made some significant facility improvements at UNLV. There's the big fancy stadium uh, where the Raiders are going to play. They're going to share that stadium with them. So there's some really big upside to what's going on in Las Vegas. So who they have come in could be really interesting. But the real question is, too, is we know those are open. What other openings could there be in the Mountain West Conference? Mm -hmm. And if you're a certain level of coaching talent and you look at what the pay is, where do you go? Uh, Because there's some thought that maybe Colorado State may have an opening as well. Mike Bobo, his tenure hasn't necessarily been great the last couple of years. They're not going to make a bowl game this year. Only four and seven right now. So could the Colorado State job come open as well? And if it is, when you compare all three of those jobs, man, Colorado State absolutely should be head and shoulders above the other two. So candidates, now let's look at candidate-wise who could maybe sneak in, coaches that we, we would think of. You know, Colorado State, who comes to your mind? Like, I mean, who would be a good fit for a Colorado State program who's, who's kind of been like on the fringe of, of being a good Mountain West contender, not winning it, but just being a contender, but just can't get over the hump. I mean, I just, I'm off the top of our heads. Well, I don't know. They've shown that they don't really care if there's a connection to Colorado State. Yeah, that's, that's for dang sure. I mean, they've gone to the South, they've gone to the Midwest, they've gone in various places to find their coaches. See, they I don't think- really care if you have a, if you're part of the Colorado State tree, if that yeah. makes sense. See, I, I think, like, and for this guy that I'm about to mention, New Mexico's too big of a dump. UNLV is just, I mean, about to finally catch up with the Joneses, if you will. I think Jay Hill would be a great fit at Colorado State. Wow, Jay Hill. At Weber State. He's it, had tremendous success it, with the Wildcats. It's time. It's, like, I agree. It's really time for him to come out. He deserves out. his shot at the, the next level. Absolutely. I could I could not agree more. And I don't know what the situation would have been at BYU if Kalani Sitaki uh, would not have received the extension. They would have moved apart from him, obviously. So for, and I'm extremely happy for Sitaki. I really, one of the nicest men in the world uh, got a second chance because uh, they, they, won a, they won a few games. They, they, Boise State was a big one. Utah State was a bigger one. Going to a bowl game is going to be a good one for them, too, in the Hawaii Bowl. But uh, if he wouldn't have made it, I think Jay Hill would have gone there. But Colorado State provides a lot of a lot of opportunities for him, and they'll take great good care of his wife as well. I, I really believe that. Um, I, For me, Jay Hill would be a great fit. I could absolutely see that happening. Uh, now, there are some other people from the state that are being talked about with these openings. Morgan Scally is a name that's being talked about at UNLV. If he doesn't, Morgan Scally at UNLV? He, dude, that might work. If he decides to go out on his own, that could be a great place for him to, to do that. Or he could stick around at Utah until Kyle Whittingham eventually decides to When he decides up. to go. Scally's a good look at you, and that's a good one, Eric. Young, he's been a part of a very successful program. Very intelligent. <laughs> Known to be a good recruiter. Yeah, I like that. 
The question there, though, is that uh, some of the people in the administration at UNLV have a lot of connections to Southern California, uh, USC and UCLA, so they this, may try to bring somebody from over there. I want to ask you, just quickly, I want to get your quick opinion on this. Speaking of USC, Clay Helton, has he done enough? I mean, look what he's – he was close to being fired midseason. I, he's turned things around. I don't know how you would let him go at this point. If Urban Meyer – comes calling. Do you fire him? If you know you have Urban Meyer for sure, boy, that's a tough call. That sucks to be Helton, but dude, I mean, look, sometimes if, like, it's just, you know, you're going to go to the dance with one girl and this incredibly beautiful girl comes over and says, I'll go with you instead. (laughs) I don't know how you say no to Urban Meyer. No. And they have all the money in the world to offer him, by the way. They have. There is no limit. Well, I guess there is a limit, but I mean, there is, they're not on, they're not strictly limited to him in regards to how much he would want. No, I mean, you got weather, you got facilities that have just been improved. He's familiar with the West. I mean, it's been a while, but he's familiar. Dude knows how to coach. Dude knows how to win. But I think you have to be absolute sure that Urban Meyer is the absolute thing. Otherwise, I stick with Clay Helton. He's got eight wins. Yeah. I. I hmm. <laughs> to me, tough. That that's an that's an intriguing situation over there. And again, I think Urban Meyer has that itch to come back to coaching. But he wants to make sure it's the right program that's gonna that he'll benefit, knowing that he'll go in there and they can immediately start winning. Right. He's he's smart. I think he doesn't want to go in and I rebuild. I think he's too anything. tired to go in there and rebuild a program somewhere else. It's just it's not. No. In the, no. Could you imagine? But he's an amazing analyst. Oh, he's so uh, good. He's so I didn't good. think I would like him on Fox. I will be honest with you. I didn't think I'd like him. I have loved him. He's unbiased as all get out. By the way, he is extremely neutral, which is really cool to see a guy who's been at Utah, Florida, and Ohio State can be that unbiased is amazing to me. Now, whether he truly believes that or not is yet to be seen, Uh, but he really is unbiased on the mic and gives gives great analysis, kind of digs into the coach's brain to give you the, the best thoughts and I uh, yeah I've I've thoroughly enjoyed his uh, his work so far, but I could definitely see if the right gig comes around USC being that gig. I think he's gone. Uh, speaking of people coming and going, there's some college athletes, at least as it relates to Utah State, mm. coming and going. We'll update you on who they are and uh, what may be going on there. We'll also talk about our stat that blew our mind, our player of the week, and uh, come up a little bit later on. We'll also talk about what happened with the Utah Jazz. And college football playoff rankings come out next hour. We'll digest those as well. It's all ahead coming up right here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Cash walking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
Would that think about it? I, would that make him the greatest ever, though? Probably. I, he'd have to be in the discussion because look what he did and where he did it. Uh, different locations, different conferences. Oh, that just okay. So we're talking about off the air. We're just talking about you know Urban Meyer and and what his legacy's been like. Everyone wants to talk about the troubles of of. Um, our violations at Ohio State, at Florida, right? Um, but when it came to coaching on the field, there is not, save it be Nick Saban, been a more dominating coach in the modern era of college football. Consistently. Consist- I think there been, you go. Uh, I, I think Dabo is getting close. He's starting to creep into that discussion. But you look at what he's done and where he's done it. I mean, had Utah been in a Power 5 conference, he would have won a national title. He didn't, but he got them onto the stage. Yeah. And basically, because of what he did, got them into the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. He goes to Florida. He goes to national championships. He wins national championships. He goes to Ohio State, gets them to national championships, win nas- wins national championships. And that was as a wild card, right? Because they didn't win their conference – and they still got in. They beat Wisconsin with Gary Anderson's Wisconsin 59 nothing. Got to the uh, championship and then dominated Oklahoma, I believe, or Alabama. Just throttled them. How many, by, how many did he win at Florida? Do you remember? Was it two or three? Because I know he, in that That's first year, he beat Ohio State with a very young Tim Tebow and Chris Leak as his starting quarterback. And they and by the way, Ohio State was favored by like eleven and a half in that game. I was serving a church mission in Ohio State, and I'm not even joking you. During the week, not not the day of, but during the week of that game, they have put out national champion T-shirts everywhere. They were gone early morning the next day, post championship game day. Uh, they dominated them, 44-14. They beat. Uh, who is it they beat in the national championship? Uh, okay, so he has two national championships at Florida and kay. one at Ohio State. So he has three. Nick has what six right now? I think Nick, Nick Saban. Saban had, I think he's. I think it's five or six. It's six. I'm pretty sure it's six because he's one away from uh, meeting the uh, the man in Alabama's backyard, Mr. Paul Bear Bryant. But. I mean, it's just crazy because he won. I'm thinking of the two of Florida. He won uh, beat Ohio State, and then the one, the second one, wasn't LSU. I can't remember who it was he beat in that national championship that second time after beating Alabama. I can't remember who it was. I don't think it was even close either. Was it Oklahoma? I've been Oklahoma. So Nick Saban. Won a national championship with LSU. And then he has one, two, three. He's won four, five at Alabama. So he's won six total. He's won six total to Urban Meyer's three. And he's lost twice. So he's six and two because he's lost twice to Clemson. Yes. Before that, he was unscathed. That's that's amazing. That, that's that's incredible. Paul Bear Bryant won six as well. He won in 61, 64, 65, 
73-78-79 with Alabama. Saban won the one in 2003. Wasn't that a share or something like that? Because there was like four teams undefeated. So he was he finished his team finished number one in the coaches, but number two in the AP. Yeah, that's right. Because they won went the to Sugar the Sugar Bowl. Bowl. Mm-hmm. Was that the same year that Utah went to the Fiesta Bowl, and everyone was saying that you know what Utah could beat Nick Saban's LSU Tigers? That's how good everyone thought Utah was that year because they ended up playing Pitt in the Fiesta Bowl and then just throttled them. Oh, this is fun. I, this is brings me back. Um, Saban won his championships in 03 and the fight with Bama was in like this incredibly short span of 09, 11, 12, 15, and 17. Utah went to the Fiesta Bowl in Was that 04? 04? Yes. Okay. Oh, and Auburn. Was it who was in the do you have the I know I'm asking you a lot of questions here on research, but who was in the New York Six that year? Because it was if, BCS era. That's that right. Time. That's right. It was the BCS era. So because I remember Utah, in fact, I was the equipment manager uh, that, uh, that year for Utah State. And I, so I was on the sideline watching that Utah team play, and they were just, I mean, look, we sucked. But that team was really, really, really good. And they were 14th in the country at that time. And I can't remember what the New York Six looked like, but I remember saying they could have beat five out of those six teams. Uh, yeah, they they were undefeated that year. They beat Texas A and M. They beat Arizona. They beat USU, Air Force, New Mexico, North Carolina, UNLV, San Diego State, Colorado State, Wyoming, BYU, and then they beat Pittsburgh, who was ranked nineteenth. Oh, uh, okay. And then here's the controversy of that time. So there was undefeated teams from the following. Who was it? Let's see, five teams, right? which was a record in the BCS era. USC, who was in the Pac-10, Oklahoma of the Big 12, Auburn of the SEC, Utah of the Mountain West Conference, and Boise State of the WAC. USC and Oklahoma were ranked number one and number two, respectively, in the preseason by both AP and coaches poll, but the other three undefeated teams were handicapped by the starting of the season out of the top 15. So that way, USC played Oklahoma in the BCS National Championship and if I remember right, USC beat Oklahoma like 55-17. to 17. That game was over at the end of the first quarter. I think that was led by Carson Palmer was the quarterback that year. Oh, uh, okay. They were, I mean, they were just stacked. Pete Carroll's first squad to be able to get into that, uh, into that thing. Auburn played Virginia Tech in the Sugar Bowl. And, of course, Utah played Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh was the ACC champ. That was by Dave Wanstead's team, I believe. And they were of the Big East, and they were ranked 21st. And then Boise State lost to Louisville in the Liberty Bowl. So the final rankings came out to be, let's see here. They were, the final AP poll was this. USC 11-0, Auburn 13-0, Oklahoma was 12-1, Utah was 12-0. Even though they had just spanked Pittsburgh, they ended up staying behind Oklahoma, and there were people that were just livid all over the state of Utah, which I don't blame them. They were good enough to they were good enough to beat Auburn. I don't know if they beat USC, but they definitely, definitely beat Auburn. So in saying all this, Eric, I know we're kind of off tangent because we're talking about Urban Meyer and, and how he's one of the greatest coaches ever. And you just and by the way, you look at Urban Meyer's resume and it's 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 incredible. 
And if we're just saying off air that if he goes to USC and if he wins a national championship coming out of the Pac-12, what? Like, he did it in three separate conferences, Big Ten, SEC, and Pac-12. Yeah. Three out of the five, and he won a national championship with them. In fact, he won national championships, if I'm not mistaken, in first years with Ohio State and with Florida. In first years? Yeah. No. No? What did he do in Ohio State in his first year? Because if I remember, because wasn't wasn't that the year they were a wild card team? He went to uh, the national championship in his second year at Florida. Second in his second year at Ohio State. So second years then? Okay, I thought it was first. Nonetheless, if he can win a national championship at USC, that dude, that's three out of five. That's I don't know what else you can ask of him. That's pretty incredible. Um, so with that, and as we have the college football playoff rankings coming out here later tonight, um, I got to ask you, does this whole mess with the college football playoff in the top four make you miss the BCS and say, you know what, maybe we had it right with the computers? No, not necessarily, because at least you're still giving a chance for teams to play for the championship. I think it should be more than just four teams that are involved. But, you know, that gets complicated. Yeah. But at least there is some semblance of let's see who can play to win rather than using a bunch of computer models, maybe aided by some assistance from humans to determine who plays for national championship. Because in the BCS era, you also had teams kind of trying to game the system a little bit with margins of victory and things like that that got a little out of hand. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just feel like the computer's smarter than the human. <laughs> I think humans are screwing it up. Well, I think there have been there have been cases where this committee says, "Oh, what's the eye test? Does this team pass the eye test?" What a what does that mean? That's so subjective. Yeah. What? Let's look at what this team has done and the teams that they faced. What have they done? Are they really playing good teams? Should they be the best of the best? Instead of, well, I really like how their quarterback looks. Yeah. Right. Oh, what? So what? <laughs> does he win games? Is he beating good teams? That's what should matter. So we'll find out the college football playoff rankings uh, about 30 minutes from now. Um, you're right. So we want to get to some Aggie news. In fact, there's actually a couple Aggie notes that just came through that I want to hit it on as well. Utah State uh, football, though, has a player transferring out, Eric. Yeah, talking about people coming and going. Uh, Baron Gajkowski announced today that he is uh, he has entered the NCAA transfer portal. He says in a note on Twitter that he released today. He says, as of yesterday morning, I've entered the NCAA transfer portal and I'm open to contact with coaches from different institutions. Now, he is going to graduate in December, so he'll have two years to play. Um, but he was had high praise for Logan, uh, the place where he uh, met his wife. That's uh, where they've been the last three years. And it says it breaks his heart to leave. 
but he's looking forward to new opportunities and uh, cherishes his brotherhood that he was able to make with so many great uh, teammates. I'm sad to see this. He was a guy that before the season began, we were talking about who were going to be the impact players, and we had him on our list. And then we were looking over the roster, and we're like, um, where's Baron Gajkowski? Yeah. And so we contact the athletic department and say, hey, did you guys miss something? Or is Something got left out here? And then they reply back, nope. In fact, I He's remember playing. Like by the third weekend, they're like, hey, just chuck the media guide. It's no worth anymore. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> that's big news. Because he, he had had some injuries, but he looked aggressive and uh, looked like he was going to be a leader in that linebacker core after spring. And then come summertime... He's not on the roster. So he's been on campus. He's been going to school, but he hasn't been participating with Utah State football. And now he's going to go try his hand somewhere else. I'm sad to see him go. Yeah, me too. I hope he has a good opportunity. I hope he stays healthy. I hope he, that's, that's, yes, he's had some injuries that have been problematic. And maybe he just needed time to get his body healthy, and now he's feeling good, and maybe he doesn't see a place for him in this current Utah State football system. I don't know. But wish him the best of luck. Uh, and then on the other side for USU men's basketball, they just had a recent signing as of yesterday. Uh, they have, according to Coach uh, Craig Smith, have signed uh, a native of uh, Allen, Texas. He's, uh, he'll have four years of eligibility. Nigel John. He's a six foot nine, 250-pound post player. Uh, according to Coach, he says, quote, we are thrilled that Nigel is joining the Aggie family. He and his family are wonderful people. Nigel fits the culture of our program in a big-time way. He has a tremendous work ethic and has a motor that runs at a high high level. Good fit to be Coach Smith. Nigel has a great blend of athleticism and skill level that will fit our style of play very well. Now, John, average double-double uh, with the Texas Alliance homeschool, turning in uh, just under 17 points and just under 11 rebounds per game and was also a force defensively averaging three blocks per game. John's scoring uh, output included 21 double-digit scoring outings with nine games with 20 or more points, shooting 80 or better percent from the floor. Coach Smith is loading up on young big men. Yeah, he's he's a big fan of that, isn't he? Yes, he is. And then on the other side, just a quick note that San Jose State on December 4th at 9.15 Mountain Time will be on ESPN2. That's what you get for being a top 15 basketball team. Uh, Utah State men's basketball will open up its Mountain West play at San Jose State. Then they'll come home for Fresno, their lone Division One opponent at home this year. For the rest of the way, uh, they'll uh, they'll have San Jose State at San Jose State again. They'll be on ESPN two at nine fifteen Mountain Time. Nice. All right, coming up next here in the full court press, let's get into the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. Uh, two things, both kind of reflecting on the week that was. And uh, some of the other things that happened over this past weekend, we'll update you on that. Don't forget college football playoff rankings coming up in about 30 minutes from now. We'll also digest what happened with Utah Jazz last night. And uh, now that the weekend is in the books, a lot more people are starting to look at what are the college football playoff, or not playoff, but uh, bowl projections that are out there. And what are they saying about the Utah State Aggies? What are their potential destinations? We'll take a look at that as well. Coming up here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. 
They're very effective running the football. They've got really good skill guys outside. Uh, they've got a really good runner. Whitlow's a really good runner. So uh, this team is very good on special teams. So, you know, this is, you know, the best team we've played probably so far this year and it'll be the most challenging place uh, that we've played. So real challenge for our players and our team. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. That was Nick Saban saying Auburn's the best team we've played. Is it just short-term memory loss? Is this just trying to That's, get your team ready, or is yeah. he not giving respect to LSU? Is this just Nick Saban being Nick Saban? That's, that's Nick Saban. Like a lot of college like, coaches. Well, and it, look, Nick Saban was under who? For how long? Bill Belichick. So he learns that, like, look, like I mean, Bill Belichick made the made the Owen something Jets seem like they were the top of the team of the AFC in his press conference. He went in there, man, they are really good on special teams. They got really, really good wide receivers. Obviously, Sam Darnold can do a lot of good things. I can just, uh, it, it gives me nightmares at night. And I'm like, if he was your quarterback, you'd have nightmares. But, dude, you're facing him. What are you talking about? This team sucks. I never one reporter called him out on it and said, Look, this team's owing something. Like, what are you seeing at him? He goes, yeah, they've played some really good football all season long. And I'm like, oh, would not geez, be baited man. into that. Yeah. It's a, it's the, the local example of that is Coach Howdy Doody over at uh, the Air Force Academy. <laughs> I love when you call him that. Just every team they face, they're just the best team ever. <laughs> Howdy Doody. <laughs> he just gets that look on his face like, my goodness, how can we be expected to win? <laughs> So many times I just want to slap that look off his face. Uh, all right. Coach Howdy Doody. Uh, stat that blew our minds and uh, player of the week. Uh, let's start with a stat. Okay. Shall we? I honestly, I had a hard time deciding on one, so I'm cheating. I'm using two. Okay, that's fine. Arizona State had lost four consecutive games. They had a four-game losing streak. They lost to Utah. They lost to UCLA. They lost to USC. They lost to Oregon State. Although Oregon State is kind of rebounding and having a somewhat respectable season. But they had not led in a game since October 12th before beating Oregon 31 to 28. Isn't that incredible? That's amazing. Where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one I got to cheat on here Maryland. They started off their season just on an incredible hot streak. They scored 142 points in their first two games. Since then, they have scored a combined 145 in the nine what? games since. What? Isn't that nuts? <laughs> they scored almost as much in their first two as they've scored in their last nine. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Do we need a reminder that... Uh, Bob Davey replaced Mike Loxley <laughs> yeah. in New Mexico. Don't tell the Lobos that. Hey, mine or is remind uh, the Terrapins. Mine's from the TV department. Now, the Patriots beat the Cowboys 13-9 on Sunday on Fox. Think of all the great games that you've been watched recently in the NFL. There's been some really good ones in the last two years. Yeah, there have been some good ones this year. The Cowboys-Patriots game drew the highest regular season overnight ratings for any NFL game on any network in the last, do you want to guess how many years? Four. Twelve. Wow. Think of that. Really? So since 2007, right? So you're talking about Patriots versus Giants in the undefeated season. 
You're talking about the the Rams Chiefs shootout last year. You're talking about, I mean, some great, great football games. This is the highest regular season overnight rating for any NFL game on any network in the last 12 years. That is amazing. What the crap? How does that work? And that was a really garbage football game, too. And that comes from a Patriots fan. Uh, it was hyped. It was highly Guys uh, are wasted. Yeah, we all wasted our time. <laughs> My player of the week goes to Kaysen Carlson, the quarterback oh, at Skyview. Choice. 16 of 23 passing for 186 yards. Uh, 20 rushing attempts for 107 yards on the ground. Three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. Uh, all, all the hype, and uh, not hype, but all the talk about the incredible athlete that Mason Foslev is. Casey Carlson has been outstanding as a quarterback for yeah. the Bobcats, and uh, he helped them bring home some hardware, which they've never had in their trophy case. Love it. My player of the week is Boise State's running back, George Olani, mm. who had 140, what, five yards in the first half. He finished with 16 carries, 178 yards, and two touchdowns. He was remarkable versus Utah State. I mean, he's carrying guys three extra yards. In fact, I don't know what his uh, – Yards after contact was. I, I should have looked that up. He was. He had over 130 yards rushing in the first half, yeah, Eric. He was incredible. He, he was good, but Utah State was equally bad, which made him look better. I don't know, dude. I, I think. But he uh, was good. I don't know, man. He was good. He was incredible. All right, uh, quick step aside. When we come back, I'll let you know what's coming up next hour. We got uh, college football playoffs. We got the bowl projections for Utah State. A lot of college football talk coming up next on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Andre Salveson, Eric Franson. It's Full Court Press continuing here on The Fan. And coming up next hour, College Football Playoff Committee releases their latest top 25 poll. Who's in the top four? Does that change? Does Utah move up? And if so, by how much and how far does Oregon fall? We'll also look at what are the updated bowl projections. Utah State is bowl eligible. Where are people saying they might end up? And how do you feel about some of those projections? Uh, Certainly have an opportunity to get to seven wins that might help with some of the locations the Aggies could go. We'll discuss that coming up uh, next hour as well. So stick (laughs) stick around, stay tuned, stick tuned. How about that? That'll be fun. Stick around. I don't want to hear any more crap about (laughs) me. More next hour of the Full Court Press.